Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Optimal Bio podcast. We'll continue with our wellness series today, and our special guest is Christian Drury, who is also our PA in our Cary, North Carolina office. Joining her today is Tyler Brandon, CEO of Optimal Bio. Today, we're going to talk about female immune health and the current state of healthcare in the U.S. However, before we begin, I think it's important that everybody gets to know Kristen. And uh, on that note, I'll turn it over to Kristen and she can do a brief intro on herself. All right, thanks for having me. Um, so I uh, am here obviously working in the Cary and the Southern Pines office. I was born and raised in Mississippi. That's where I grew up and I went to Mississippi State uh, for college. Went there to pursue vet medicine and uh, decided along the way that that wasn't for me. Um, I ended up going on a medical mission trip and uh, loving the interactions between uh, patients and myself. And so then I found a couple of uh, PAs in Mississippi. They're very few and far between and uh, reached out to them, called the office and asked if I could uh, shadow them for uh, the year. And so I did that and fell in love with the PA profession in that regard. Went to Shenandoah University after graduating Mississippi State and um, decided that I liked Winchester and that's where I wanted to get my first job. So I worked in urgent care there and that's where I've been for the past two years. Uh, when I was in PA school, that's where I met my husband. Um, so he's a PA as well. And uh, now we just moved to the Raleigh area because my mom lives here and we're trying to settle down. Fantastic. So tell me a little bit more about the medical mission trip. I'm always fascinated by these trips. Yeah. Was it just a typical wellness type of trip or was there a uh, world-class surgeon that went down to do some surgery? How would you describe it? Yeah, so it was actually, it was called uh, Global Brigades was the um, company that we went with. We had a, um, I guess, a group at the college that I was going to and decided to sign up for on a whim. Uh, we went and we just basically did like a general medical clinic, um, an OBGYN clinic as well. Um, we also did an aspect of like dental medicine because that's lacking in the uh, region that we went to. We went to Honduras. Um, and we had a pharmacy that we brought in as well. And so we were able to, you know, triage patients, see them, treat them, give them the meds. Um, and where we were in Honduras, people would walk for a, an entire day to just get to the clinic because the healthcare was just, it's just not in that area. So it was really cool and, and sad in some ways to see, but what we did was good work. Um, we didn't do any surgeries or anything. That was a whole different group that would come later on. Yeah, Honduras is a tough country. Our parish uh, has a sister parish in Honduras, and for 20 years we've been uh, supporting them down there. And you know, unbeknownst to a lot of us, um, you know, just simply building latrines outside the uh, the church, helping people with roofs on their homes, putting a floor, you know, for example, inside the home. Um, you know, we take that for granted here, but down there, obviously, very important. Uh, to see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So. We had a day on our trip that we actually spent digging a trench for, you know, a water system to go into a community. The the group I went with, their focus was like a, a you know, pretty comprehensive model where they wanted to not only, you know, treat patients, but they wanted to prevent the reasons that they get sick. So not having water, right? So they kind of went for a whole kind of uh, community upgrade. So it was, it was cool. We got to do the medicine part for four days and then we dug a trench and, and went to homes that were being built and really got immersed in the community around us. 
So the goal, obviously, is to continue to improve their uh, their infrastructure, basically, to make them more healthy. Yeah. And kind of what we do here at Optimal Bio as well. So that could be a good segue into something else uh, in the next few minutes. Um, so you go to urgent care and you're there for a few years. Um, that must have been a really cool experience because, you know, in urgent care, it seems like you're going to be busy every single day. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely busy. So uh, 12 hour shifts is what I worked there. Um, eight to eight patient could come in at 759 and we we had to see them, you know, and help them. Uh, it was always high stress because you never know what's going to walk through the door. You know, I, I don't have I didn't have appointments there. So, you know, somebody would walk through having a heart attack and I'd have to fix that or they're in a cardiac arrhythmia and I have to fix that on the spot. Or you could have a sinus infection, you know, and that could be someone's worst day, though, right, because they're sick. So both sides could be someone's worst day. So you're kind of helping them at their worst and kind of making them into a better, better person. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of high intensity, high stress. The medicine was very cool. Just all the conditions that you got to see um, and the knowledge that that I got to get over those two years. Was there any focus at all in urgent care on on wellness or because you're just so busy with and un, it's so unpredictable, there was never any time for that? No, there there wasn't any time. I mean, the only time that maybe we focused on wellness was if they came in dehydrated, right? And I'd say, you got to drink more water. Or they came in and uh, their blood pressure's through the roof and they're overweight. We had a conversation very briefly about you need to exercise you got to eat healthy to to fix that um but no you know unfortunately with urgent care i think that it's such a fast-paced environment and you're in and out to see the patients so quickly that you don't have the time to sit down and really have those in-depth conversations about wellness what's your biggest takeaway having worked in urgent care for the last few years hmm. biggest takeaway i i think that Hmm. No matter what someone is coming to see you for in medicine, right? Whether it's uh, a sinus infection, it's a laceration, a cut on their finger, it's for hormones, you know, which I didn't do in urgent care, but I'm doing here. Someone is, is having their worst day and they're going through bad symptoms or a bad illness and they're just there to get help and to seek a way out. So no matter someone's attitude, because in urgent care, you get everything, right? You get people that were really upset, people that were really happy to see you. It's just getting them getting them to a better spot. Unfortunately, with urgent care, you don't have that follow-up, right? So I would hopefully fix someone, but I wouldn't actually know unless they came back, you know, which means I didn't fix them. So that that's probably the biggest takeaway is just, you know, being able to hopefully fix someone and correct them to where they feel better. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way before. That must make you unique compared to a lot of other doctors. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you're at Optimal Bio now and you've been here for a few months. How's your experience been so far? And what, what takeaways do you have so far with Optimal Bio? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I've seen a few patients from consultation and deplacement, um, and being able to see the reasons people come in here, 
Um, and when they walk out feeling hopeful that their symptoms and what they're going through is going to be resolved, right? Because of word of mouth or, or whatever, or maybe they're just hopeful because they've tried everything that, that they could, that they could think of and nothing's helped. Um, we had somebody the other day that said, if, if they weren't on this, they'd be in prison. And that really made me laugh because I was like, yeah, I mean, this is great. Great that this, you know, stabilizes moods, makes people feel so much better to where it is life-changing, right? That person's not in jail, thank goodness. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is just seeing, seeing patients back one is huge because you get to have those conversations, you get to form those relationships. But then on the flip side, it is making people's life at home better, right? You're saving marriages in some ways because of what this, this treatment does. Prior to Optimal Bio, when you were at Urgent Care, did you, were you familiar with hormones in the sense of what we're doing at, at Optimal Bio? Was it something that you had a big interest in? Um, or, you know, did Tyler just reach out and, and find you and then you kind of fell in love with, um, with this type of medicine? No, so I think, you know, in, in medical school, PA school, hormones are glossed over. You learn about the hormone cascades, what lead, what hormone leads to another hormone, but you don't really learn so much about the treatments. You learn about a lot of synthetic treatments, right, that have some other unwanted side effects. Um, but no, I saw uh, the job posting and I uh, applied and then Tyler reached out. We had an interview and it went great. And I just liked her passion for it and just what she explained to me about what you guys were doing here. And, and here I am. We are very <laughs> thankful. LinkedIn brought us together. Well, looking back again on, on your urgent care patient experience, if some of those people were treated with BHRT, for example, or thyroid or whatever we do here, do you think there would be less people going into your urgent care office? Yeah, I mean, I think with, like, let's take females, for instance. Um, menopausal females, uh, they experience vaginal dryness, a lot of vaginal symptoms. The vaginal pH being off leads to bacterial vaginosis, yeast, um, UTIs. And so, you know, fixing those, the vaginal dryness would alleviate some of these other illnesses that they do get. Well, let's talk about the immune system right now in females. It's a good segue. Um, let's walk through the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, 50s, 60s, for for example. And I'll let both of you, uh, you know, talk about uh, the immune systems in those age groups and and what kind of recommendations, uh, you know, females in general should be doing. Yeah, you want to start? I mean, start. You go. So I feel like. For the immune system, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all the foundations should be the same. And then, you know, as you get into your, you know, upper 30s, 40s, whenever you decide to say, you know, do hormone treatments or something like that, that also plays a huge effect on your immune system. But the two foundations that really build your immune system and you can't, you know, work your way around it would be a healthy diet and sleep. Without those two, you can't work out enough to have a good immune system. So, a healthy diet is one that's focused on proteins and healthy fats, um, you know, good low sugar fruits and vegetables, really trying to stay away from the uh, sugar and, you know, carbohydrates, especially the refined ones. Um, and then 
sleep. People don't realize how important sleep is. I know it's taken me a while to actually realize like, wow, sleep is vital. Um, you know, cause that's the only time your body has a chance to heal, um, the cells, your mind, your gut, um, which plays a huge role in your immune system. Uh, of course I, we always talk about, uh, movement, like people might not love working out. I love working out. Kristen loves working <laughs> out, but finding something that you enjoy to move, whether it's be a morning walk, but especially women, you know, that you should start this in your 20s, but 30s, 40s, 50s, strength training is so important and so vital to your bone health um, and your muscles and giving that immune system. So when you work out, your gut micro microbiome changes and it changes for your immune system. So you really need that, um, I'd say, community. There's been so many studies, especially over the past year, that's been very evident that there's even um, conversation that community may be more important than a, like a good diet um, because humans really are built for that human interaction that, you know, whether you're laughing, hanging out, just that human connection is really key. And then I say the last one is being outside. Nature is so, so important, especially we're so around, surrounded by blue light, computers, TVs, and most we've ever been um, in human history. And I could go on and on about the benefits of the sun, um, but the sun, fresh air, it really is vital to your immune system and bacteria. So we need to, good and bad bacteria. We need that to build our immune system. So it really will be interesting of all these people that have truly been quarantined, um, what's gonna happen when they just get a common cold because they haven't been around that bacteria to build their immune system. Kristen, anything to add? Yeah, I think another thing to add is hydration. So I saw this a lot in urgent care. People would come in and be like, how many, how many glasses of water do you drink a day? And they say two. I'm like, great. So, I mean, the goal is half your body weight, right? Which if you think about that, that's a lot of water. You know, um, a lot of people will complain, well, if I drink that much water, then I'm up all night peeing. Well, maybe back it up and stop drinking right before dinner time, you know, or have one glass of dinner and then cut yourself off. But water is key. Um, kind of like uh, Tyler was talking about with the exercise um, and the sleep, stress is also another one. So if people are high stressed, like have a lot of stress in their lives, working on cutting the stress down, which there's a certain amount of stress that you're always going to have, but you know, boosting your immune system in those positive ways uh, to get rid of stress. A lot of people will go for those negative coping mechanisms when we need to reach for the positives. And the positive coping mechanisms are working out, you know, getting your sleep, uh, journaling, meditation, prayer. Um, because if you're high stress, your immune system is going to take a, a plunge as well. Let's get a little more practical and let's go back into the uh, 20, 20 to 30 age group. Females are probably social, most of them are social at that point in time. They're probably eating out a little more often. Um, uh, they're probably, you know, going out to, to socialize in bars and what have you. Uh, so when people are indulging um, to some extent, um, what are some of the tricks of the trade to, uh, you know, replenish, you know, some nutrients you might be losing if you're, you know, eating out, for example, or if you're, you know, drinking alcohol and what have you? Yeah, so I would say even if you're eating out, you can still pick better choices. So really, you know, people think you need carbs before alcohol, but that's actually not true. So eating protein will help you help your liver um, 
digest the alcohol. So really still eating healthy um, supplements and minerals. We're really missing them from our body, which makes a huge role of how we feel our immune system because yes, alcohol is a great time. And I'm never going to tell anyone not to unless, you know, they shouldn't be, but it kills your immune system. Like there's no way around it. It uh, lowers your immune system. It breaks down your muscles. So really trying to you know, still get in that good, that good schedule, like, you know, work out in the morning, eat well during the day, hydrate, like Kristen was saying. Um, and then when choosing alcohol, there are better alcohols than others. So an alcohol low in sugar would be good. Um, there's a lot of organic wines that don't have sulfur in it, don't have the pesticides, lower sugar, um, like clear liquors, vodka, tequila, don't mix it with like juice, like just try to avoid sugar at all costs. And with beer, I mean, beer is straight carbs, which turn into sugar. So just making the healthier choices when you're going out. And then I'd say when you're drinking, especially if you're, you know, going out for a night, alternate in between every drink that you have a glass of water, right? Cause you're, you're, you're drinking something that is a diuretic, which is going to make you pee and get dehydrated. So you got to boost your hydration by kind of alternating. Yeah. I always tell myself to do that. Yeah. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't perfected that maybe like in my thirties. <laughs> I don't know when that happens. So the uh, clear uh, alcohols are a little bit better for you than the beers, let's say. And, uh, um, what about the bourbons and the whiskeys and, you know, the brown or uh, alcohol that seems to be very popular these days? Yeah, so they have more um, calories and more sugar because they're um, barley and wheat. So people who should not be eating gluten should not avoid those at all costs um, because heavily have a lot of gluten in it. Uh, and then tequila is actually is the easiest for the gut to digest because it's from an agave plant. So... I would say if you really like, because I don't even like bourbon or whiskey, so I can't talk. You do you like it? I do. Yeah. So you can talk more about it, how you think <laughs> the best way to drink it is. <laughs> well, a lot of people will say just drink a glass of whiskey straight, right? With like an ice cube or something like that. So at least you're not mixing it with True. juice. <laughs> True. Yeah, it seems uh, some people I know drink uh, tequila with uh, some lime juice not the stuff that's in that green plastic yeah. box we have no idea what's in that but you know organic lime juice so there's no sugar or anything like that but does you know taste like a sugarless margarita almost um, yeah, it's the greatest i call margarita tequila like water or like sparkling water a little bit of lime it's all you need yep you guys are already helping the 20 year old to 30 year old advice for me that's what you should drink yeah so then let's move into the 30s, assuming that, you know, a lot of females maybe uh, have children, you know, at that point in time. And um, I remember this from, you know, our family when our kids were younger. It seems like you're going to when they're really young, you're not getting any sleep uh, because kids, for whatever reason, tend not to sleep through the night, um, especially before they're two years old. Uh, so you're walking around like zombies every single day. And then um, as they get older, uh, you become a chauffeur and you're driving around. If you have multiple kids and you're, you know, every which way but loose until nine or 10 o'clock at night and you're back at it at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, so from a sleep perspective in those years where, you know, moms are, you know, basically in a chaotic um, mode, you know, what are some, what are some of the tips for them? So I'm, I'm not a mom, so I would never want to speak for moms because I don't know how they do it. Um, I think about like my mom and like so many moms in this area, they had so many 
small kids at one time I'm like you guys are heroes <laughs> but like looking at like some of my friends who are moms now they really try to because like you said sleep is going to be relative so I think in, like the importance is um supplements so they really show that like fish oil vitamin d are so important uh postpartum and so it's really giving the your body those extra minerals extra supplements that you need especially during that time and when you're lacking sleep so I'm, I would say really focus on the supplements, um, healthy fats, proteins, less sugar, just the things that you can control to kind of help you alleviate what you're lacking from sleep. Um, and I know one of my good friends really just tries to move, whether it be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just when the baby's sleeping, because she knows that's what makes her feel the best. Yeah, I would say you know, you're gonna, it's hard to say like, hey, new mom, get eight hours straight, right? Like <laughs> you wish, but- Unless they had a night nurse. Yeah, yeah, a night nurse or a husband <laughs> who can, you know, alternate on and off. Oh with yeah, you. but- <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, I mean, if you think about it, all right, well, you want, whenever you do lay down, you wanna have that restful sleep. Um, you, you're probably gonna be tired, but some people have a hard time going to sleep if they haven't done the exercise mm -hmm. because the exercise you know puts them into a more restful mode when they lay down to sleep um so just trying to like optimize the amount of time you know the good amount of sleep that you can get and then two when you go down to lay down in bed don't get on your phone and stay on your phone for 30 minutes to an hour because well, you've wasted that time that you could be sleeping, but also, you know, your, your brain is still going when, when you should be in bed, you should just kind of have everything powered off and, and just try to relax. Yeah. You can understand why they do that though. Cause they're busy all day long and yeah. they're trying to play catch up right at night. Yeah. And, um, yes, you're yeah. by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What about water therapy, you know, shower tub before bed, you know, things like that. Is, is that, you know, helpful as well? I think it's very relaxing. I think it's to each their own. Some people, you know, probably are going to find more benefit from that than others. Um, some people hate taking a bath. That's me. Me too. Um, <laughs> but I do love a hot shower. So, but that is relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and I think back to what I was saying with the, the phones in bed and sleep, maybe, you know, still use that phone time that you need, but don't do it in bed, do it on the couch. Because once you get in bed, you're, you're trying to train your body. Basically when I'm in this bed, that's, that's my sleep time, you know? All right. So now we're in the forties and maybe stress is more of a, an issue at that, that at that point with, with, you know, moms and females in general, either they're busy with work and their kids and their, uh, or their kids are in high school and everybody worries about their kids when they go out at night and everything else. Um, so you talked a little bit more about stress relievers, but exercise obviously is one and, and, and other things as well in terms of diet and what have you. But when you're in that moment where you need to reduce your stress, you know, what are some of the, the tips for that? Yeah. I mean, all of you can laugh at me when I become a mom and like, we'll see what happens. But I know for myself, like I need to work out in order to be a good person, friend, be like productive at work. So if you can just carve, and especially with moms, I feel like they have so many obligations and they feel like they are the point person and they are. So I really feel like if they can just figure out what like just carving, you know, 30 minutes, an hour in the day to work out, you know, really try to eat well, 
um, maybe minimize coffee after 3 p.m. But I love coffee, so I get it. But just really trying, like what I said before, those things that you can control. And I might sound like a broken record, but supplements and minerals are so, so key. And like every day I learn something about a supplement. I'm like, this is truly incredible because people don't realize these like supplements, minerals used to be on our food sources and now they're not. That's why we're missing them so much. And so like magnesium, huge stress reliever, vitamin C helps with anxieties, vitamin D, anxiety and depression. So really trying to have those foundations. So even if your days or weeks kind of go crazy, you have some controls that will make you feel better in a situation like that. And active, um, active relaxation. So like going to get a massage, a facial. So something besides just like watching TV, which is nice too, but like an active um, stress reliever. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think a, a lot of people nowadays with smartphones and technology, like their time for stress relief is getting on their phone and just scrolling on Instagram or Facebook mm -hmm. or whatever social media for hours or minutes or whatever. Um, but doing something that's more beneficial, like exercise or journaling, right? Like journal about your day. Some people really get a lot of stress relief from that just to write everything down. Um, meditation, you know, if, if that's your, your jam, then doing that for that 30 minutes to kind of stress relief. But definitely taking time out of the day for for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Make that a priority, right? I think a lot of us are goal-driven. So if you set those goals and you say, my goal is to journal every day for the next year, or my goal is to meditate, you know, two, three times a week, like set those goals and actually strive to achieve them. Now you're in your 50s. Obviously, we see a lot of patients in their 50s at Optimal Bio. Um, suffering through menopause, hot flashes, things like that. Um, recommendations for those folks as it relates to, you know, the immune system support and so on and so forth. I would say everything we said and get your hormone levels checked. I think that's important throughout your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, you know your body the best. So really finding that doctor that will, you know, go through the journey with you to get blood tests, show everything. Um, so many other tests that are now available to see really what's specific for you. Um, but 50s, I'd say late 40s, get your hormones checked. You'll probably need BHRT. I know uh, seeing patients in here every day. I will definitely be getting um, hormones my late 40s and I will not be going through menopause because if you know you have this answer, why would you go through hot flashes? Um, but I think, you know, really, and I think that's also, people ask like, well, why I feel a difference if I'm taking my supplements? And you have to think of your supplements as like a 401k, like they're gonna build. And so hopefully you've been taking them. So like your 50s, 60s, 70s, you feel the best you can. We're not saying when you're 50, you should feel 19, but who wants to be 19 again? But everyone should feel healthy, active, you know, have that energy to enjoy life. And I think kind of along that same thing, if you know, depends on who you go see, right? If you go see one primary care doctor and you say, I think my hormones are all out of whack, they may say, no, you're fine, or they'll check them and they're normal. But if you don't feel normal, you know, your body is, is the best indicator. It's going to tell you what is right and what's wrong. Um, and so just really following your body and the signs it's given you. And if someone shuts you down, go to the next path and just be persistent. Mm -hmm. Lastly, 60 and over, you know, bone health is a big concern, right? Um, in addition to the uh, 
to the, your typical immune system. Um, from bone health, obviously hormones play a big part of that. Uh, any other things that could be, people could be doing? Yeah, strength training is huge. Huge for your, huge for your muscles. Um, and because a lot of people will break their hips, right? When they're getting older because their balance is off. Um, so I would say strength training and core work and balance work. And you can do that at home for 10 minutes, but really, you know, like when you learned in physics an object in motion will stay in motion. It's like, if you're, if you keep using your body, whether it be daily walks, squats, core, it's going to keep working the right way if you're uh, fueling it properly. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I think depending on your cardiovascular risk, mm -hmm. calcium can be a good supplement too. Um, just orally, you know, uh, via milk, cheese, dairy, you know, you don't have to necessarily grab that calcium supplement, but making sure your diet is calcium rich, because that's what helps make our bones strong. And vitamin D. And vitamin D. All right. So foundational must-haves for everybody for supplements, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond are what? I'd say vitamin D, 10,000 with K, uh, fish oil and omega, brain health, heart health, um, probiotics, and a good multi. And I think you have to really find a good source. So many supplements um, are filled with additives or they're not the amount, your body's not absorbing them. And then I really think what we said, like everyone's so different. So really figure out, okay, those are the foundations. And then what do I need to add on top of that? Like, I know I'm probably a unique situation, but I take about 20 a day for my specific needs. Um, and so I think that's just really important. So those are the foundations and then figure out what you need. Yeah. And some people, you know, will reach for zinc. Mm -hmm. Zinc has good immune health, um, you know, benefits from it, iodine as well. But yeah, I think what she was saying, you know, it's it all about, it's all about what you need as an individual. You know, there's not just a, a huge, you know, pack of pills that we can throw and say this is good for everyone because everyone's different and i'd also add vitamin c yeah not from orange juice orange juice is straight sugar and it actually kills your immune system so vitamin c i'd add to that too speaking of orange juice uh we'll switch topics to another uh liquid milk is milk a great source of calcium and would you recommend it to people out there for bone strength I would say if it is a, not a whole milk, whole milk is full of sugar um, and those types of things. I think depending on the person you're looking for a good source of calcium and it's all about managing. You don't want to reach for a juice, right? Cause juices are full of sugar, but same with milk. So I think if you have to drink milk, you're going for like the 2% milk, right? Where it's lower on the, the sugar index, but I would reach for for cheese or yogurt. So I'm the total opposite of that, which again, <laughs> find your information. Um, I would say very limited dairy because um, I've added hormones and you can get calcium and other products. Um, and I, I would say if you're going to drink milk, do the whole milk, but organic. So less sugar. Well, a little debate going on. Maybe we should right? have a debate <laughs> but again, like if someone feels good having a, a glass of milk a week, sure. So again, you know, but I would not say drink milk every day the whole got yeah. milk no right you just don't want to make milk uh you know 80 percent of your diet um it's right. just not it's going to be counterproductive over time 
Yeah. Uh, but you have to give, uh, you know, the milk lobby credit because they've done a great job in the last, you know, 40 years of, you know, making milk analogous with building muscles and having strong in both health and, and everything else. Especially if you look like at a yogurt, like an organic, there's going to have protein in it too. Yeah. But with yogurt, it's reaching for the one, like you have to really pay attention with yogurt with a nutritional label because a lot of them will have like 20 to 30 grams of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And you just can't, I mean, that's, that's defeats the whole purpose of eating a yogurt. Sure. I think number one, I like, if someone follows me in the grocery store, I'm always reading a label. Yeah. Yeah. So I always read the label. I've noticed too, that some people have uh, skin issues if they drink a lot of milk. Uh, why is that? Because I would, the added um, hormones in the cow is now we're drinking it. So I would say the added hormones and then it causes inflammation, which causes acne. And a lot of people, because of the added sugar and the hormones in the milk, we can't digest it. And if we can't digest it, it wants to come out of somewhere. And that's when the acne happens. Interesting. On that note, let's talk about protein then and steak and chicken and so on and so forth. You know, there's a lot of females, I think, I'm speaking uh, my my only observation, so don't, you know, kill me on the Zoom cast, uh, that, you know, if I have a nice piece of meat or if I have a nice piece of uh, chicken, that's, you know, I shouldn't have that. I should be having salads. It's like this, there's a stereotype out there that um, females, you know, are pressured to be more vegan, I guess, even though they're not 100% vegan in some cases, but shying away from, you know, some of the, I guess you could say the more masculine food. Um, what do you, what's your take on that? I love meat. <laughs> I, I eat it almost every, I mean, not some, I don't really, I skip breakfast a lot cause I do intermittent fasting, but, um, I always do it for a lunch and dinner. I feel like it, it fills me up. Um, and I get my vegetables in as well. And then I don't reach for those carbs. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of people associate it's, I don't know, like females, they do reach for the salad. Like there's that joke, like when you go on a first date, you're not going to get a hamburger and you're going to get a salad so that like you're classier right? when you're at, on that date. But, you know, I feel like to, to fill you up, you have to have something of substance. Mm-hmm. And some people are not like that. Some people could be vegan and it works perfectly for them. But I think the protein in meat is so important for us. Um, energy, all of those things. So eat a piece of meat. I mean, you know, go for something more organic without a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. crap in it, like hormones. Um, but, but it's so, so good and so beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't love it just cause I don't, I don't think my body digests it well, but I know it's important. Um, so like she said, really try to do like organic non-GMO. I love seafood. So uh, I really try to eat that more on chicken, but you know, as females, I don't know why, God, like we need protein too. We need good fats. We need, and the minerals in um, meat really helps us too. So yeah, eat that, stay away mm-hmm. from the carbs. Like we all love some carbs, but you know, proteins and fats are a key. And when she brought up intermittent fasting to go back, I really think that's the foundational principle. Maybe not your twenties, um, but thirties and up um, intermittent fasting is key for health. Like sleep, it's your time that your cells will turn over and heal. Yeah, the intermittent, intermittent fasting thing is interesting because I think it, it works for some people um, really well. Uh, others, you know, the typical 16 hour needs to be, excuse me, the typical 12 hour needs to be more like 16, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes 17 hours. And then there's some people out there, one in particular that I know right now is eating for two hours a day. 
but they eat everything in two hours. So they almost like intermittent feast, but they're not, everything goes. There's no specific focus on protein, for example, or um, vegetables or what have you. It's, it's whatever they want. They just stuff themselves for two hours. And the person's been able so far to lose 35 pounds. What's your take on that type of fasting compared to the typical 12, 16 hour fasting? Well, I'm assuming that's a male because men can get away with a lot more things. I was about to say, I would be an angry person to be around if that was me. <laughs> yeah. So several things. I think one, just eating everything and anything, even though he's losing weight, that's wonderful. Um, but still food is medicine. So if you're eating a Twinkie, but you're still losing weight, you're not getting the health benefits of other food, um, especially with the inflammation, the sugar. And also, I don't think that's, really going to be like a lifestyle. I don't think most people can really for the next however many years only eat a few hours a day. And I think when you're putting healthy foundations in, you want something that can be a lifestyle and not like a yo-yo. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're, you know, goal, your goal is eight hour window of, of food time, that's more sustainable, mm -hmm. you know, than doing the two hours because I, I just, I mean, it wouldn't be sustainable for me. And also, I mean, you may lose 35 pounds, but at some point there's going to be a stopping point where you're done losing weight. Right. And so I think a lot of issues with other diets that I see is it's something that people will do for a period of time, lose mm -hmm. their weight, and then they'll revert back to whatever they were doing before and they gain all the weight back. So kind of in that regard, I mean, that person will probably hit a stopping point where they'll be like, eh, I need to gain some weight or I just need to stay stable. And they're going to have to go back, you know, to maybe an eight hour window at that point. I don't know how you figured out that person was a male, but you are right. <laughs> because I've always said like the first question I'm going to ask God is men are always like, Oh, I'm trying to gain weight. I'm trying to gain weight. And women are always trying to lose weight. And it's like, if we just switched that so many things would be better. And then guys will be like, oh, I stopped eating Bojangles like four times a week, now down to three, and I lost 15 pounds. I'm like, that is so cool for you. Like, awesome. <laughs> Testosterone, you know, yeah. just burning through. Yeah. Well, he wants to lose more than 35, so it should, should be interesting to see what happens, if he's able to sustain it or not. You mentioned earlier, Tyler, when the uh, body is exercising, it releases mitochondria. So... What? Tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I think a lot of people think I got to exercise to maintain my muscle mass or I have to exercise to keep my heart healthy. Um, so we all know that, but like, what, what are the, what does that do the mitochondria and what, what is, what are the other benefits that we don't necessarily see when we exercise? Yeah, so as everyone learns, you know, in like seventh grade science, mitochondria is the powerhouse cell, you know, powerhouse of the cell. Um, so it really does give you energy. Um, so that's why you probably feel more energetic after a workout. And if you don't, then you might be doing the wrong workout. Um, also, it changes your gut um, biome. So that good and bad bacteria is going through and creating a healthier immune system. And then finally, there's been so many studies and white papers that working out is either works as good or better for um, anti-anxiety and anti-depression medicine because it releases the dopamine and the serotonin in your brain. No, I think she covered it perfectly. I think <laughs> exercise, obviously physical, but mental. And a lot of people, like I kind of was talking about earlier, 
you know, negative coping mechanisms, reaching for alcohol, smoking, drugs, getting on their phone. Um, exercise does release those catecholamines, which are so important. And if you have somebody that has anxiety, they exercise some, and this may not work for everybody, but they start exercising daily, they'll get that rush of those, you know, uh, hormones and they'll feel so much better. Um, and to the point sometimes where they don't even need medications anymore because they have that stress relief that makes them feel better. All right. So what time you get up in the morning, Kristen? Uh, during the week? During the week, uh, around seven. All right. Ooh. All right. So seven o'clock in the morning rolls around. Yeah. And uh, tell us your exercise routine for, for Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll give you the weekends off. Okay. I do the weekend, but it's a little bit later. Um, I I have uh, a bike, a spin bike, and I use it's a it's a fake Peloton. I call it my Peloton, um, and so I do. I, I have the Peloton um, workouts, but I do my bike rides. So usually I'll get on and do like a thirty minute ride in the mornings. Um, if I'm not into doing the, that cardio aspect, I'll do more strength training, and then. I usually, after I go home in the afternoons, try and do whatever I didn't do that morning. So I kind of split up my workout routines just because I don't want to get up too, too early. I like sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nice, it, you know, you kind of start your day off right on a good foot. And then you also get that stress relief at the end when you go back to workout. What's the one workout that when you miss it, you feel like, but like you really miss something. Like it's the worst thing that you've done to yourself during the week compared yeah. to other workouts. I think for me, it's either like a high intensity workout or it's, it's some kind of cardio. If I miss a strength day for me, it's, I don't feel it as much. I mean, I know that it's, I'm, you know, I'm not building my muscle like I want to, and I'm not getting that, you know, aspect of it. But for me, it's that like getting my heart rate up high is makes me feel like I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Which one would you feel like you're the most guilty of from, from missing? I feel like any of them because I have a schedule of what I'm going to do. So it's when I miss whatever that workout that morning is, I feel um, a missing piece. But it's interesting. This past year, I started hot yoga and I have been like, I'm not a yoga person, like not a yoga person, but COVID brought me to hot yoga and when I miss that, I'm like, oh my gosh, my body really needed that. Yeah, so speak for myself, and maybe this would be a nice tip for the, our listeners as well. I've done hot yoga a couple of times. I love the sweat and everything else. But I look to my left and right, and everybody's, you know, like a rubber band, and they're all twisted up and pretzel, and I'm like a two-by-four that can't bend. And so I've given up on it again. Uh, what are what can you tell the audience about just kind of sticking with it? You know, especially if you're not, you know, flexible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, one, you shouldn't worry about if someone's looking at, you know, in a workout. Cause if someone's watching you, they're not doing it right. So they <laughs> like, I even like, like someone like yesterday almost fell next to me at yoga. And like, I kind of noticed it. Cause I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't kick me in the face. But like, that was it. You know, just your own, your own little world. And I used to really never be flexible. And then I started like a new type of workout that made me more flexible and not like the yoga flexible. Um, but you just stick with it. Like if that's what you enjoy, like I know I'm not good at yoga, but I love going and it makes me feel better. Um, but I do think, especially as we age, we do need to work on flexibility. 
Um, so just kind of just do yoga at home if you want, but some type of or stretching just some type of flexibility and not being so tight. But a good mix of workouts like I do three different three different types of workouts. And I think it's a good variety. Maybe I'll give it a shot again soon. Yeah, your daughter would be proud. If you had been back <laughs> at like strength training, would you have stopped? No, but, but that's my comfort zone, right? Yeah. So yeah. when you're out of your comfort zone, that's when it becomes uh, harder to stick with it. Yeah. Yoga is not my comfort zone. I love it. <laughs> so if you exercise more and you're eating right, in theory, and maybe you've seen this in practice too, you're your body will be less sick. You'll tend to get these less colds, for example, and other types of ailments. And I remember a few years ago, I got strep twice in you know nine months. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm exercising all the time and I'm eating right, I think. And uh, why am I get, getting strep? And I asked the doctor that question. And he said, if you get it a third time, then we'll worry about it. But you just been unlucky twice. Um, can you exercise too much and then break down your immunity by doing that? So I think, or you can start, I feel like I'm talking too much. Um, yes. So exercise is so important, but doing the right exercise for you is so important. Um, so a couple years ago, like I've only done hit for so long and a couple years ago, I got super sick long for a short, my HIIT workouts were making me sicker because when you work out, your body um, gets inflamed, but a, a good inflammation to kind of clear it out. But because I was so sick, it was just like inflammation, just building and building and building. So I had to stop HIIT workouts for almost two years. And so then that's when I started doing Pure Bar, which I never thought I'd do. I'm like, only like ballerinas can do it and I'm not <laughs> a ballerina, but I loved it. And I still continue to do it to this day. So yes, if you feel like something's off, something is off and you really have to figure out what's the best workout for you. And I feel like people overtrain these days, um, not athletes, but like just us common people. Um, Cause you shouldn't do hit every day. Even if you, it hits the workout of your choice, your body does need time to um, reset and heal. Yeah. I saw actually in urgent care, one of my favorite weirdly complaints was sore muscles like oh I can't touch my muscles like after I worked out I can't walk and that's rhabdomyolysis like your muscles start breaking down because you have worked out too much and you're you know you're putting this uh toxin in your body and your kidneys can end up shutting down from it so yeah I mean too much exercise can be really bad for you but you know, I think the average Joe is not going to over overdo it. You know, you're going to keep that nice balance of an hour, maybe 30 minutes to an hour a day. Um, you know, six days a week, take a day or five days, take a couple of days off just to let your body heal and, and recover. And I think one of the most important things with working out is that you're not doing the same thing every mm -hmm. single day. You're not going to hit upper arms every day, right? Your muscles would just be like fatigued and you're it would be bad. So you're going to alternate, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Rest days are so important too. Yeah. Cause I used to always like, Oh, you just keep going. And when yeah. you add rest days in your body start, you start feeling so much better than working out every day. Yeah. And drinking a lot of water is important yeah. with all, with all the activity. So how many rest days should one have during a week? So there's a lot of different, of course, there's always a lot of information out there, but 
people say like three days a week of working out gets the benefits and it's healthy. So I'd say three to five days you should work out. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I, I feel like you should do rest days, like not next to each other. Yeah. And then when you're resting though, you're still moving a little bit. You're not just literally laying on the couch all day long. You're maybe taking a nice shorter walk or, you know, slow, yes. maybe a little easy bike ride or something like that. Is that correct? Yeah, completely. Okay. Uh, long-term health goals for you, both of you personally, and also for our audience, if you're a female, what, what really should be your long-term health goals besides obviously staying alive and, and being healthy? Yeah, that's key. Well, I think the big one is first setting goals, mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of people probably don't set those goals of this is what I need to do, you know, over the next week or month or years or years to make myself healthy. Um, uh, for me personally, I think continuing the exercise routine, no matter what life throws at you, no matter how busy I get, um, or how many kids I have, you know, just keeping up some kind of exercise throughout the, the, the years. And I think that that'll change over time. I think that, you know, right now I do a lot of high intensity. Well, maybe when I'm 80, I'm probably not going to be hitting the high intensity so much, but changing what you're doing, you know, maybe going more towards yoga so that, you know, you're still getting up and moving. And then for me, I really love eating healthy. Um, I feel so much better when I eat healthy versus if I eat something really, really carb heavy. Um, so keeping up that, you know, mm -hmm. lots of vegetables, lots of those lean proteins, um, and, and taking supplements, right. And, and doing all that I can to boost my immune system throughout the, throughout the years, there's only so much you can do right in life. There's not, you can't stress about it because otherwise you're kind of like <laughs> defeating, the defeating the purpose. Um, but just setting those goals for myself of, I want to healthy eat, I want to exercise three to five days a week. And, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Completely. Cause like what Kristen was saying, like, I know if I don't eat well and I don't work out, like I'm not in a good space. Um, and that really affects, you know, the rest of your life. So working out will always be a constant eating. Well, um, I'm always researching what, if there's something else I need to add or, you know, not just trying to figure out what's best so that I feel my best. Um, someone else asked me the other day was like, why do you think you can feel better? And I'm like, just because like you want to feel your best. And I'm always like trying to get to that supplements for sure. Um, I work with a great doctor that, you know, I feel like we're always, if we need to do another test or what have you to really just try to get to that optimal life. Um, and it, cause I want to age gracefully. Like I, you know, and say like skin wrinkles, women always talk about wrinkles, right? But like people don't realize food and water play such a big day of difference in your skin and supplements. Um, so those are, and then I guess, I mean, I'm nowhere near having children, but I always think about fertility because so many women have problems with that now. So just trying to figure out, is there something you could help with that or not? Just try and do a little research. Do you think today there's this fear patients have of getting sick? And if so, how do you alleviate that fear? I think kind of what I just kind of talked about, it's a balance beam, right? Like you have to balance eating healthy, striving for that, you know, healthy living versus stress. Because if you stress too much about how you're, you know, doing in life or if you're going to get sick or, you know, 
whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You can help boost your immune system to prevent a lot of things from happening, but we're, we're not all controlling of our bodies, right? So I think if you put your best foot forward, you do as much as you can to boost your immune system. I mean, leave, leave the rest to whatever you believe is God or whatever else, right? I mean, it's ultimately up, up to that. I don't think, unless, you know, I've missed it, there hadn't been such a fear since COVID. That was the first time I felt like people were so fearful because they were just being bombarded with information at all time about fear. Um, so, and obviously that didn't work out because like she said, like if you're fearful and stressed and it's just going to go in this horrible cycle. So I think that was like the first time that I really saw like a group think of being fearful of getting sick, yeah. which was sad because then this one, it should have come in about nutrition and supplements and taking care of yourself. But you're bombarded with it, right? It's on, you know, first of all, you walk into stores and everyone has, you know, mask on and it's like, okay. And then, you know, social media, you turn on the, the TV, every show now, it feels like at least that I, oh, I yeah. watch Grey's Anatomy. And like this whole season's been about COVID. I had to it's stop like, watching for it. For once, can I like turn on a TV, sh like TV show yep. that I enjoy and not have to like live in, in reality? Like, you know, I, I kind of use TV. I don't watch oh, a yeah. lot of it, but like I want to see something else that I'm living in, right? Um, so I think, I think you know, with COVID, we've been so surrounded with it. And mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, fear to me has taken a whole new level. The amount of people I saw in urgent care the past year mm -hmm. that, came in with anxiety and depression that was new for them just because of what we're dealing with you know was at an all-time high and it was sad to see it's very sad i mean covid has a lot of pr firms working for it for it so i mean we see it well funny thing is once you if i know some people that have gotten covid and once they they were fearful when they had it because they weren't sure the way it was going to go and then they're you know most of them within two or three days um were fine and um you know, so they've expressed in in a weird kind of way that it'd be good if everybody got it and didn't die from it, of course, just so they could, you know, understand that it's not that significant, you know, for most of us. Um, you run across patients like that that have had that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen kind of both sides, right? Like most of the population that I treated in the urgent care, um, for COVID with COVID did fine, right? But I, I had a handful of patients that didn't make it. And it's hard because then their families come in and you're you're kind of having to do a lot of like helping them cope because you know they're fearful that they're gonna follow the same footsteps of they're gonna die. And it is not everyone, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very in my mind, it's a very small subset of the population yeah. compared to the whole. Um, but when the media is pushing this everyone dies from it and that's what you you see and hear like the death count on the side of yeah these, yeah yeah and I mean you know you get onto you know the news app on your phone and it's like 300 plus thousand deaths I mean that's all you see you don't see how many mm -hmm. people have survived right it's the different they're framing it in a different way mm -hmm. and so I think that that doesn't help um but you know with with COVID people that I saw, what did I say? I said, boost your vitamin D, boost your vitamin C and zinc, right? It's all about just boosting your immune system to be able to fight off the virus. Mm -hmm. Well, we almost made it through an entire podcast without talking about COVID. I said uh, the same thing. I was like, <laughs> when are we not going to talk about COVID? Hopefully next time. COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. So after every podcast, we always 
you know, have the guests give five takeaways that they can partake to their to our listeners. So Tyler, I'll have you go first, then Kristen second. Um, what are your five takeaways? I would say work out in the morning, um, hang out with friends in your community, create that community, host a dinner party, go outside. So nice these days. You have like fresh air, so good. Travel. I know whether it be 15 minutes away, three hours away, but a change of scenery, so good for your mental health. And just like have fun, like in, figure out what makes you happy, what makes you tick, and do it. And I would say eat the eat the proper foods, right? Avoid those heavy carbs. Eat a lot of vegetables. Uh, eat your meats. Don't just do you know unless you have issues with it. Don't just do salads. Um, second would be sleep. Get those eight hours of sleep. Water, water, water. Half your body weight. Like take your amount of pounds and just divide it in half and make that the goal. They even sell water bottles now. Like it says, drink this amount by 10 a.m. and then keep going. So if you need that, there's that. Um, and then I would say set goals for yourself. Like I talked about, like make those goals a priority, actually reach out to achieve them. And then mental health, do the things that will help you positively cope, whatever those are. Like I said, meditation, journaling, prayer, exercise, uh, reach for those things instead of the negative. Excellent. Well, Kristen, we're lucky to have you at Optimal Bio. Thank you for your time today. And, um, Hopefully you'll see a lot of our listeners down the road as they come in. Yeah, hopefully so. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Thank bye. you. Thanks. Bye-bye.